At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Hey y'all, Sam Sanders here. Want to tell you about the only NPR show where you can hear about the latest White House drama and the return of TRL to MTV. The show is called It's Been a Minute. Every Friday, we catch up on the week of news and culture, everything. And every Tuesday, I sit down for some long interviews with authors, filmmakers, directors, and more. You can find It's Been a Minute on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ophira. This episode of Ask Me Another originally aired back in March, and I think we can all agree it was a much different time. Enjoy. Warning, this podcast uses some unsavory language. Please be advised. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Today on Ask Me Another, we're playing a game about words that rhyme with toys. So here's a speed round. What do you use to keep your jigsaw quiet? That is a puzzle muzzle. Yeah. What about a toy locomotive that's too cocky for its own good? That's a vain train. Yeah. What about tiny horses that make the FBI director feel like friendship is magic? That's uh, James Comey's My Little Pony? Good enough. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They're backstage filling out their NPR March Madness brackets. Will Terry Gross take down Lakshmi Singh? And our special guest is stand-up comic Judy Gold. A bunch of her material centers around what it's like to be a Jewish mother. And I wonder, what kind of Jewish mother am I going to be? Will I complain to my son that he never calls me? Uh, Then again, my son will be a teenager in 2030. (laughs) So it'll be more like, Lucas, you never mind-meld with me. And that new planet, you never take me to Trappist-1B. That android you spend so much time with, Rosenbot, that's her name? Well, is she Jewish? (laughs) Our first two contestants will play a game about words that rhyme with toys. It's perfect for anyone who got a blister playing Twister, and really, who hasn't? Let's meet them. First up, Elizabeth Gorman on buzzer number one. Hello. Hi. You work at a nonprofit and recently adopted a kitten. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Cassie Jackson on buzzer number two. Hey there. You're an administrative assistant at an investment bank specializing in healthcare. Welcome. That's correct. Thanks. All right, Elizabeth and Cassie, the first of you who win two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. We're going to start with a word game called Toy Joy. In this game, every answer is a toy or a game paired with a word that rhymes with that toy. Jonathan Colton, would you like to give us an example? I would. So if I said, if you're the first player to get rid of your cards, you win a trip to the capital of Alaska, you would answer, Juno Uno. All right, so it does not matter what order you say the words in, buzz in to answer. And here we go. It walks downstairs alone or in pairs, and boy, does it reek. Elizabeth. Stinky Slinky. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It reeks for a boy and a girl. (laughs) That was always the weirdest part of that uh, ad. It's fun for a boy and a girl. Slogan, yeah. Yeah. Mattel's most popular doll now works at a roast beef sandwich chain. Cassie. Barbie Arby's. That's right. Bad mortgage on that dream house. Yeah. (laughs) Subprime Barbie. That's all she could find. That's all she could find. To win this game of global domination, first build up an army in Australia, then invade this delicious French soup. Elizabeth. Risk Bisque. Yeah, that's right. This game of intersecting words is based off the 2006 Brad Pitt movie featuring four intersecting stories. Oh. Oh, Cassie. Scrabble Babble? Yeah, that's right. Wow. 
We didn't think anyone saw that movie, even though it's... It was nominated for Best Picture, a little thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Seven I definitely Academy hadn't Award seen it. Yeah. But you knew it. That's, that's all you needed for the answer. <laughs> oh, by the way, little uh, side note is the fifth edition of the official Scrabble Player's Dictionary was updated for the first time in more than a decade, and they added 5,000 words like chillax. <laughs> really? Selfie. I don't know if I like this. Dubstep. <laughs> really? Yeah, it sounds so old already, right? Yeah. You're like, huh? <laughs> Bounce the ball, send a document on a piece of paper, then pick up as many cover sheets as you can. Elizabeth. Jack's Fax? Jack's Fax is exactly right. Can you solve the mystery of who gave Mr. Body a contagious respiratory illness? Elizabeth, you look surprised that you buzzed in. <laughs> I hit it a little bit faster than I meant to. Uh-huh. Uh, clue flu. Clue flu is right. That's right. <laughs> mm, maybe Mr. Body should stop licking candlesticks. <laughs> yeah, those things are filthy. <laughs> exactly. You don't know where those things that have been. That coiled rope? Uh-huh. Don't touch that. <laughs> this is your last clue. Foam dart guns are the favorite weapon of Brainy, Harmony, and Papa. Elizabeth. Nerf Smurf? Yeah, that is correct. Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, congratulations, Elizabeth. You are one step closer to moving on to our final round. You won that one. Do you start your day by screaming into a pillow like me? Well, our next audio quiz is about a man who gets paid to yell on camera. But first, let's check in with our contestants. Elizabeth, earlier I mentioned that you adopted a kitten. How old is this kitten, and what is his or her name? When we adopted him, we named him Captain Mal after Captain Malcolm from Serenity. Mm. And mm-hmm. we've... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, approval. <laughs> approval. We've now sadly seen enough of his personality that we just kind of call him Captain Butthead. <laughs> Is, what, it's what's happening? True. Is it scratching? Is it constant begging? Constant begging. Yes, he will wake us up in the middle of the night begging for food, which he knows he's not going to get. He just wants us to be awake and suffering. <laughs> Hence, Captain Butthead. <laughs> oh, what, what an adorable pet that is. Uh, training? Can you train a cat? Sort of? Maybe? Are if you trying? If someone can, they should tell me. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I, catnip? Have you tried that? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Well, not personally, but... (laughs) (laughs) Have you, Elizabeth, ever just had a night at home alone with some candles and some catnip? Uh, Cassie, you're part of a charity cheerleading team. Yeah. So who are you cheering for? So it's a group called Cheer New York, and instead of cheering on for a particular sports team, what we do is we essentially just cheer on all of the five boroughs. So we're at a lot of like the races, the New York City Marathon, the half marathons, and a lot of walks for charity. Now, if I wanted to like have you guys just like cheer me in my daily life... Oh, yeah. We, we're definitely willing to do it for really? a donation, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, do you guys get together and, like, practice? Yep. Are there moves and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. We're, we're just like any ESPN tour team you can imagine. We do the stunts, the flips, the dance moves. We do it all, so. Do you do the flips? I myself don't, but okay. I do flip peop- other people. I, th- I throw people. Really? Yeah. You throw people? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my role. That sounds great. So we have an audio quiz for you called Mr. Shouty. Uh, We've noticed that Samuel L. Jackson does shout a lot. (laughs) And so in this game, I'll play a clip of Samuel L. Jackson shouting. You identify the movie he is yelling in. And if you can't get it from the clip, we have some more clues for you. So Elizabeth, you won the last game, so win this. And you will be off to the final round. Cassie, you need to win this or you'll have to sit through eight minutes of credits to see if there's an extra scene at the end. (laughs) And guess what? There isn't. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's your first clip. Yo! Hold up! Time out! Time out! Y'all take a chill. You need to cool that out. And that's the double truth, Ruth. Puzzle Guru John Chinesky, how about a hint? This movie also stars Spike Lee and Denny Aiello. Very early Spike Lee. Ah, uh, it's set in Bed-Stuy. 
Elizabeth. Is it Do the Right Thing? Yeah, it's Do the Right Thing. All right, this one is um, a gimme. Enough is enough! I have had it with these <laughs> on this <laughs> Elizabeth. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. People keep putting them in the overhead bin. <laughs> All right, we've got a few more for you. Let's see about this one. Honey! What? Where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit? I, uh, put it away! <laughs> Cassie. The Incredibles? Yeah, that's right. It's like my life every day. You? <laughs> Here's another one. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and we're going to find a way to get out of here. First, we're going to seal off this That was the sound of Samuel L. Jackson being eaten by a shark. <laughs> Elizabeth. Deep blue? Something? <laughs> <laughs> Can you be more specific? Um, uh, in the deep? No, Cassie. Do you know the title of this? I can guess. Yeah, <laughs> go for sure. it. Deep blue sea. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Cassie gets the point, but we can all agree there was some teamwork. <laughs> Way to go! Play there. I, I just have to say, yeah. that is the finest moment in the history of cinema. <laughs> the shark eating Samuel Jackson. Fantastic surprise. <laughs> I loved it. I laughed and laughed. <laughs> and then that shark goes on to Sharknado. Yeah, I assume those sharks <laughs> yeah. were the sharks in yeah, Sharknado. Yeah. 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 They, there's a few character sharks that get all the roles. Once you, once you, yeah, once you train a shark to act on camera, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you might as well keep they using just, it in films. Yeah, they do VOs and everything. <laughs> all right, this is your last clue. Access means security. Access means program grid. Uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Please! Uh-uh. Hate this hacker crap. Call uh-uh. Nedra's people. Uh-uh. Ooh. He's being denied access to a computer on an island. Also stars Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. Elizabeth. It's Jurassic Park? Yeah! <laughs> Puzzle John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, Elizabeth won that one. That's her second. She moves on to our final round. Congratulations, Elizabeth. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Elizabeth in our final round at the end of the show. And our special guest comedian, Judy Gold, goes for the Ask Me Another Gold, which in this case is a reusable grocery bag and a coffee mug with the old Morning Edition logo. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. For the seventh year on the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity go way beyond the day's headlines. Because we know what's part of every person is part of every story. We're bringing that perspective with new episodes every week. Listen on the Code Switch podcast from NPR. It can be hard nowadays to find a space where we're able to listen to each other, where we can agree to disagree. It's why I'm proud of 1A, a show that's made for you and by you. We're not about snark. We're about dialogue. Join the discussion and me, your host, Jen White, by listening to the 1A podcast from WAMU and NPR. The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place, your pocket. Download the NPR app today. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru John Chinesky. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant Elizabeth won her way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who she will face off against. 
But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's a stand-up comic who hosts the podcast Kill Me Now and guest stars on Showtime's I'm Dying Up Here. I sense a troubling theme, so please send help to our guest, Judy Gold, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to Ask Me Another. I'm so excited. Do you know how excited I am to be on the show? Seriously? Uh, well, first of all, I listen to NPR all the time because I'm really smart. <laughs> and I love you because, you know, I'm at the gym and I imagine it in my head. Yeah. And now I'm here and on stage. And is, is this how it looks? It, I guess it does now. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'll never have my old thing back in my head. You know, it'll always be this, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So I look up to you, but I like to think we have a few things in common, mm-hmm. because we do. Both of our parents were much older than our friends' parents growing right, up. yes. How do you think that influenced your comic sensibility? You know, it's interesting, because they were very old-fashioned. Things were important to my parents and my grandmother that were not important to other people. Like, my grandmother was very into penmanship, and th- like, I still, to this day, will handwrite thank you notes if someone invites me over for dinner. And they were, I, you know, your parents are older. They're not out partying. No. And, you know. And I feel like had a really, like, maybe the same. my parents had a very, kind of a dark sense of uh, humor because they'd been through. They'd been through so much they'd stuff. They'd been through so war. nothing, and it's great when nothing, when you come home, you say, this is great, and then, you know, your mother says, but just wait, because it's going to turn to shit in about a week and a half, you know? Right. Everything was always so negative, you know? It was always... I remember the first time I did The Tonight Show, my mother, my mother leaves me a message. So, um, I uh, watched. Pause. And, uh, I, you know, there's so many commercials. I mean, it... I waited and waited. I'm like, hello. Oh yeah. Any of your other kids doing the Tonight Show? I know. You know? But um, it was it was a lot different. But you don't appreciate it until at the time. Yeah, until you're old and they're dead. So, uh, <laughs> oh god, it's gonna happen to all of you too. So Ooh, yeah. you know, definitely a different kind of on the death upbringing. thing. I do remember as a teenager saying to my mom, uh, like some sort of bratty thing. I just went, she was like, do this or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe I'll die young. And she said, you won't be that lucky. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh. And I was like, that's, oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, mom. <laughs> exactly. Warm. Now, you're in this new Showtime series, I'm Dying Up Here. I'm Dying Up Here is a uh, new Showtime series about stand-up in the 70s in L.A. Were there it's, people in the 70s that you looked up to? Well, I mean, I, like, were, did you look up to certain comics in the 70s or oh, listen absolutely. to those records? I mean, I, I loved Joan Rivers. First of all, her, there's no one with a work ethic like hers. And she was fearless. And, you know, it got to the point where she just didn't care, which is where I am now. But, yeah, so... But I remember I would come to the city to hang out at the clubs. I would see Larry David. I would see Jerry Seinfeld. Joy Behar was just starting out. Susie Essman. Uh, I remember when I saw Carol Leifer there, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I had watched all these comics, you know, on The Tonight Show. And and I would hang out until very, very, very late. And at that time, you know, in the in the 80s, the club stayed open till 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah. And I would go on for, you know some mob boss and his, you know, mistress and then two drunk people in the corner. But I knew I was funny because the band laughed. If you ever go to a comedy club and uh, they have a band or the, the wait staff or the people that work there actually stop to listen to you, then you know you're funny. That's how you know. Yeah, because yeah, they hear it. They oh. hear everything. Now, you know, we had a, a comic by the name of Cameron Esposito on our show oh, a little yeah, while ago. And, you know, so things are very different. For example, she starts her act basically by going, I'm gay. Right. Uh, when did you come out in your act? Uh, well, I was never in, but I just didn't talk about it. And okay. then I had children. And when my first son, Henry, was born, 1996, I had so much material from being a new mom. Like, we went to the juice store uh, on Broadway 
and 90th to get yarmulkes for the bris, right? And my ex, uh, she likes me to call her Wendy, but, you know, because she doesn't want me to use her real name, Sharon. So, um, <laughs> so we call her Schwendy. Anyway, so Schwendy had given birth to Henry, and she had a C-section, and, you know, I said, let's go for a walk, and we go to the West Side Judaica, and where I know everyone in there, it's so ridiculous, and, uh, and I'm standing in line, and a woman says to me, oh, my God, that baby is so cute, and I said, thank you, and how old? And I said, six days, and she said, six days? And you, you look fabulous. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you very much. And, I, you know, all these things would happen. And I was like, you know, every comic talks about their families. Yeah. And you have to just treat it as it is, which is not a non-issue. It's a matter of fact, you know. So, yes, absolutely. I agree. Did you feel like pressure or did you have any manager or agents be like, don't talk oh, about... 100%. Yeah. Mostly the Jew stuff that they said, you're too Jewish, don't do the Jew stuff. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Hello? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the gay thing, because it was the mid-90s. Yeah. I was lucky because I was up there talking about, you know, my family as a, as a gay mom. And it was so important to me to show people that, my family's just like yours. We have the same issues. You're laughing at this because you identify with it. And I ended up really starting to talk about marriage equality as well. Um, it was all about dignity and human rights, you know? And so I, I really am an advocate for coming out. I won't out anyone, but I do think it's really important to come out so that everyone knows that they know and love a gay person, because everyone pretty much does know and love a gay person. Right. Or a trans person, you know. You have a podcast called Kill Me Now. Yes, where I you, do. You talk with uh, well-known celebrities, comedians, about what makes them angry. So what is the most frequent thing people say ticks them off? I would say it's either has to do with social media and people mm -hmm. looking at their phones. Right. Or blatant unfairness. All right, so if, if people just were kind to each other, how would your podcast still exist? Okay, you could be kind and still look at your phone while you're walking up the subway <laughs> stairs and be like, you know, I'm in a rush. Get the, you know, it's just... No, there's plenty to get pissed okay, off. Good. There's bad drivers. <laughs> that, that's beyond pissed off. That's like rage and... Ugh, ugh, gross. Judy, you uh, had a solo show in 2011 called The Judy Show, My Life as a Sitcom. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have a well-documented love of sitcoms. Yes. So, we wrote a game for you called Very Special Episodes. In this game, Jonathan and I will give you a synopsis of uh -huh. a particularly weird episode from a classic sitcom. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is tell us what the sitcom is. Oh, okay. And if you need a hint... Our puzzle guru, John Chinescu, is okay. standing by. And if you get enough right, Corbett Hall from Jonesboro, Arkansas, is oh, going to win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Here we go. Edith wants to make new friends, so she answers a couple's personal ad and has them over for dinner. The couple turns out to be super friendly, like super, super friendly, mm -hmm. because guess what? They're swingers. All in the family. Yeah, that That's is That's right, baby! Boy, the way that Mela played. <laughs> okay. Louise finds out that someone interesting is subletting the apartment across the hall. It's Sammy Davis Jr. That's the whole episode. Um. Louise was more commonly known to her husband by a nickname. Right. Uh, and the nickname was... Mm. Wheezy. Yeah. And it's the Jefferson. That's right. <laughs> We're a moving on up, moving on up to the east side, <laughs> moving on up to a deluxe apartment <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I get to do theme song too. What's That's All right. great. Okay, go. The sitcom's titular female duo 
wins a trip on a private chartered flight, but the pilot passes out, and guess what? There's no co-pilot. That's right. So our heroes must take over the plane's controls to save everyone's lives. I'm going to go with Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, you're going to go with correct. That's right. Thank you. That's back when there were female roommates. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I, yeah, I had a roommate in the 80s, too. <laughs> yeah. Mary tries to impress mm. a congresswoman by throwing her a dinner party, but everyone agrees Mary is an awful entertainer. She only has six chairs, so Ted isn't invited. Then Rhoda shows up with Henry Winkler, who has to sit at a little table by the window. This is the ringtone on my phone. <laughs> Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's you. Well, I thought you were, like, joining in. Oh, sorry. You, girl, and you should know it. With each glance and every little movement, you show it. Love is all around. No need to waste it. You can have the town. Why don't you take it? You're gonna make it after all. I'm gonna go with Mary Tyler Moore on that one. <laughs> Sorry, that is incorrect. Ah! No, no. <laughs> Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how did Judy Gold do? Congratulations, Judy Gold. <laughs> you and Corbett Hall have both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Thank you. Judy Gold's podcast is called Kill Me Now, and she guest stars on the Showtime series I'm Dying Up Here. Everyone give it up for Judy Gold. Thank you, guys. So much fun. Coming up, we'll find out if you know your Mark Felt from your Michael Phelps from your Juan Pablo Galaviz when we play This, That, or The Other. Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Gina Gullo on buzzer number one. Hello. Hi. You're joining us from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, and you're working on a dissertation in educational leadership. Welcome. Welcome. Your opponent is Chris Sunderick on buzzer number two. And you're finishing a PhD in bone tissue engineering. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Remember, Gina and Chris, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Uh, Gina, would you rather be on The Bachelor uh, or on The Bachelorette? I'm going to have to go with The Bachelorette. I mean, I don't want to be chasing after a guy, so let's have them chase after me. Yeah, that's right. A whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Chris, would you rather be on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I think I'm very indecisive by nature, so I'm going to have to go with The Bachelorette as well. I don't think I can pick a woman every episode. That's just, it's too much to handle. (laughs) There's a lot of pressure. (laughs) All right, so first you'll play a guessing game called This, That, or the Other. I'm going to give you a book title, and you just have to guess who wrote it from one of three possibilities. Jonathan Colton, what are the possibilities? Each book was written by either an FBI agent or an Olympic athlete or a participant on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. (laughs) We're going to go back and forth, so no need to buzz in. Let's give it a shot. Here we go. Gina, Endless Enemies. Is that the title of a book of an FBI agent, Olympic athlete, or participant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Endless Enemies. No, it sounds like an FBI thing, but I'm going to go with Olympic person, athlete. No, I'm sorry. Chris, can you steal? I'm going to go with FBI agent. You got it. (laughs) That's right. You went FBI agent, then you said no, Olympic, but it was FBI agent. Although, it would be great if uh, it was a a bachelor. (laughs) All right, Chris, age is just a number. Olympic athlete. Yeah, that's right. Olympic athlete. Dara Torres, the first competitive swimmer to represent the U.S. in five sets of Olympic Games. On The Bachelorette, that number, by the way, is 27. (laughs) Gina, nobody's perfect. The Bachelor or Bachelorette? (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) That was by two Bachelor contestants. Yeah, they had to get together to write that one. (laughs) 
Chris, the book is What Every Body is Saying. FBI agent. That is right. Yeah, it's about how to speed read people. Gina, landing on my feet. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Olympian. You're going to go with correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Strug, a member of the Magnificent Seven Olympic gymnast team in 1996. She completed her vault, but then had an ankle injury and actually was carried to the podium. But she landed on her feet, and I guess that's all that matters. Chris, chocolate socks. <laughs> I'm going to go with bachelor or bachelorette. Well, you got that one. Yeah, that's right. It's a children's book about socks made out of chocolate. Children's Sounds book. good. It's written by season 12 contestant Holly Durst. According to her website, her two favorite things are chocolate and socks. You know, write, write what you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, these are your last clues. Gina, for the right reasons. Um, for the right reasons? I hope it's an FBI agent. <laughs> you would hope, yeah. But as we know from recent news, that's <laughs> not right, is it? Uh, okay, Chris, can you steal for the right reasons? I'm going to go with Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah, I'm afraid that is correct, Yeah. It's a Sean Lowe, who is often referred to as the Virgin Bachelor. All right, Chris, I didn't come here to make friends. FBI agent, Olympic athlete, or Bachelor, Bachelorette contestant? Sounds like a very competitive thing to say. Yep. I'm going to go with Olympic athlete. Yeah, you would hope it would be amazing, but that is uh, incorrect. Can you steal, Gina? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette. Afraid so. That is correct, right. yeah. <laughs> That was by Courtney Robertson, season 16's villain. There's 16 seasons? There's 16 seasons. (laughs) There's more than 16 seasons. Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, Gina had a nice comeback at the end, but Chris is our winner for this round. He's one step closer to moving on to the final round. Would you like to be a contestant on Ask Me Another or See Us Live, but you can't come to Brooklyn? No problem. Ask Me Another will come to you if you live in Arizona or Virginia. We'll be in Phoenix at the Ormfield Theater on April 6th and at the Virginia Arts Festival on May 18th. Tickets and information at amatickets.org. Coming up, Jonathan Colton will literally sing what is figuratively the world's greatest music parody game of 2017. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. By the time your evening commute rolls around, or maybe your afternoon stroll, you've already got the headlines. So let your mind wander away from the front page with Here and Now Anytime, a podcast from NPR and WBUR. We'll keep you up to speed on the stories that matter and introduce you to people living the news, not just commenting on it. It's Here and Now Anytime. These days, it can feel like the news is fighting for your attention wherever you turn, but staying informed shouldn't be a battle. Everything you need to navigate the stories that matter to you is at your fingertips. The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing you local, national, and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download the NPR app in your app store today, or you can go to npr.org app. The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing you local, national, and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download it in your app store today. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru John Chinesky. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Gina and Chris. Let's go to your next game where Jonathan Colton will play literal interpretations of songs with one-word titles. Gina, what would be the one-word title of your autobiography? Probably, ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Are you clumsy? I am clumsy, and then when I'm not clumsy, I tend to do things that are not necessarily feeling great sometimes. So I make a lot of 
weird mistakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, banging yourself up. Okay, Chris, <laughs> what is the one-word title of your autobiography? Well, I'm a career scientist, and most of that time has been in cell bio, so I think I would name my autobiography Cell. And I've always been fascinated with the idea that within every cell in our body is a blueprint of us. And if we can unlock the potential of the cells in our body, then we are capable of uh, treating any number of diseases. Yeah, you got scary there for a second and then back to normal. I was like, oh my God, evil. And then you were like, oh no, for good, for good, for good. Jonathan Colton has a music parody about overly literal songs. Yes, I do. In this game, I will play you songs that have one-word titles. However, we've changed the lyrics to be about the literal definition of the song's title. (laughs) So you just need to buzz in and identify the song. So, Chris, you won the last game, you win this, and you go right to the final round. Gina, you need to win this, or you have to sing Kenny Rogers' Lady (laughs) to me after the show, and you got to make it sound sincere. Do what I can. Okay. Here we go. Well, I guess it would be nice If I could trust in something Could just believe in something Without the burden of proof Gina? Evidence? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Okay. Do you know the answer, Chris? Faith? Faith! That's right, George Michael. I thought maybe you weren't sure about... uh, I didn't know that the tune mattered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're changing it up. I like it now. Well, I liked it before, too. Okay. (laughs) I get it now. That's very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) That's very sweet. See? Ouch. (laughs) Here we go. Train, 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 train. It gets me to my desk, 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 desk. Turn my computer on, 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 on. So I can do the stuff, 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 stuff. They hired me to do, 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 do. Because that's how I get paid, 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 paid. Chris. Work. Work is right. Doctor checks my heart with her stethoscope. And asks me if I quit smoking. Takes note of all of my vital signs. It's all quite routine. Chris? Checkup? Checkup is a good guess. That's not the answer, though. Gina? Uh, um, I guess uh, vitals? It's another so fine close, guess. So no? close. The answer we're looking at was physical. Oh, let's get it. That's Olivia physical. Newton-John, yes. Ouch. <laughs> Now you're going to make Gina feel bad if you say ouch every time something bad happens on stage. <laughs> Sometimes it's programmable, but mostly it's just flammable. Your eyes will face north, 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 as you watch it on the fourth, fourth, fourth. Chris. Firework. Firework by Katy Perry, that's right. Someone slipped me arsenic Unless it's rising instead Sweating, coughing, barfing Oh no, I'm dead Chris Poison Poison That's right Ricin, that's the stuff in my back molar <laughs> I hope not You know, for when things get bad I just, Oh, oh yeah, just yeah, in case yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's kept safe in a capsule for you to bite <laughs> that's when right, it's time That's to... right, I remember that I got that with the job at NPR <laughs> Everyone has issued wow. uh, a poison tooth <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just in case we fall into the wrong hands <laughs> That's right And it's not like sandpaper, it doesn't have bumps It's like those mashed potatoes that don't have no lumps it's like a baby's bottom or a block of ice, yeah. It's a description of silk. That's all I'll say about it. Gina. Smooth. Smooth, you got it. This is your last clue. You just take these two things upon your face. I take the same things in the same place And then together we move them toward each other so much Cause we want our 
facial regions to touch. Lips. Gina, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Chris, do you know the answer? We don't want our facial regions to touch? We we do, we do. Oh, well, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) Kiss. Kiss is correct, that's right. That's Prince, that's Prince. Thank God. (laughs) John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Chris literally won his second game, so he's moving on to the final round. Congratulations, Chris. While Elizabeth and Chris get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game called Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage, Jonathan Colton, and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, does. That's right. Ophira and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest's secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Autumn Stamford, and I just started an interesting business. Okay, Ophira, you ask the first question. Interesting business. Okay, does your business um, involve interacting with other people? Yes. Interesting that that was a pause. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Autumn, as part of your business, do you make things? I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine people are buying these things. Yes. Okay. Just to be clear, because, you know, um, the, the people are alive. Yes. Okay, good. That's a weird question. Well, no, not based on our past experience. Yeah. You never know. Are the things you make, are they food-related? Yes. Are they baked goods? Yes. Are you selling these out of a storefront-like location? Yes. I have to say that uh, one of the things that makes uh, Autumn's business unique is not the storefront aspect of it. It's a storefront plus something else. So, okay, so it's some sort of dessert-like thing, but the way I'm getting it, you're saying, is, is a little bit more interesting than just going to a store. Like it's coming via a bird or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's cakes delivered by bird. It's Which the, is, one of those things. Is that your business, cakes delivered by birds? No. Because I'm <laughs> investing. Okay. But it's something, it's something in addition to the storefront that's interesting. Okay. Do you have a, Autumn, do you have a sex dungeon in your <laughs> cake store? I don't, Okay. No. It's worth a shot. Is there delivery involved? Yes. There is delivery involved. Okay. This is a high-speed cake delivery service? No. No? Okay, does the cake come way later than you were hoping? <laughs> it's a very slow cake delivery service? Slowest. It comes late. What? Cake comes in late. about a year. It comes is late? It, is it 24-hour cake delivery? Close. Wait a second. She just 23-hour cake delivery. <laughs> She says it comes late. It comes late. There are baked goods that are usually paired with a particular drink. Okay, so it's like a coffee and a donut kind of thing. Is it a donut? No. All right. Is it a cookie? Yes. Okay, it's a cookie. It's a cookie. It's late night cookies and milk. That's it, Jonathan. You got it. It's a late night cookies and milk delivery. There you go. That's right. Autumn is the owner of Brooklyn Kalachi, a bakery. She just started Bake Sale a late-night service delivering freshly baked cookies and milk. She wanted to do something for the community, so a percentage of her profits go to the bed campaign against hunger. Ah. Autumn, we meandered so far away <laughs> from the wonderful and, and, like, simply nice thing that you do. Nice job. Nice job for getting there. Like She's got whips and chains. Yeah. It's midnight. You want a cake. The, the sex dungeon was definitely <laughs> the wrong. She slaps you in the face as it will come later. <laughs> I don't know where we were going. But what, what inspired this, uh, this business idea? You know, the bakers and I all talked, and we started talking about doing late-night cookies, and nobody's really doing it in North Brooklyn. So we were playing around with names, and somebody said bake sale, and I thought, well, bake sale is a fundraiser. And so we started looking at different fundraising components, and that's how it all came about. And what kind of cookies are you making? Um, we make monster cookies. and What cut. are monster cookies? Monster cookies have everything. They have, like, oatmeals and M&Ms. And- What's your most popular cookie? I think you have something called the ube crinkle? Yeah, we have an ube crinkle. Um, my spouse is Filipino, and... It's a crinkle cookie, but it's made out of uh, ube, which is a purple yam that's very popular in the Philippines. Yeah. 
And what's the latest time that I can order cookies and milk to my house? The last order has to be placed by 1 a.m. Placed by 1 a.m.? Yeah. There are many nights where I would want somebody to deliver are you cookies kidding and me? milk to me at that hour. Absolutely. Even if I was asleep, I would love for somebody to <laughs> come into my room and wake me up with some hot I'd cookies. Just shove a cookie just in Shove your a mouth. cookie in my mouth and I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> now, we can't get out of this without asking what's kolachi? Sure, a kolachi is a slightly sweet yeast bread that's stuffed with a sweeter, savory filling. And um, they're originally a Czech pastry, but most people know them um, from Texas. It's, there's huge Czech populations in Texas. And so in Texas, a kolachi is almost like a donut. You can find it at grocery stores or fancy bakeries. And they have roadside kolachi in Texas, is that right? Yeah, yeah. so most people who get kolachis do it when they're traveling between major cities. You'll go into like a Czech town and it started off as these small bakeries with a gas station attached and then um, there's sort of a rivalry that happens, some of these kolachi bakery gas stations and so they've kind of gotten bigger and bigger and now they're like these mega complexes where people go and they buy a bunch of kolachis and they refill their gas, they use the restroom. So you're you're bringing the uh, kolachi love to Brooklyn. Yes. Thank you so much. Everyone give it up for our mystery guest, Autumn Stanford. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's welcome back our contestant, Elizabeth, who adopted a cat she calls Captain Butthead. (laughs) And Chris, who, when given the choice between being a bachelor or a contestant on The Bachelorette, he'd choose the latter because he struggles with (laughs) decision-making. Puzziger, John Chinesky, take it away. Okay, Chris and Elizabeth, your final round is called Zero G. I'll give you a clue to a two-word phrase. The first word ends in I-N-G, and the second word sounds like the first word with the last G removed. For example, if I said brushing dirt off the actor Hoffman, you'd answer dusting Dustin. Now, we're playing this round like a penalty shootout. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Judy Gold. Now, we flipped a coin backstage, and Chris, you're going to go first. Chris, stealing money from Batman's sidekick. Robbing Robin. That's correct. Elizabeth, lifting up a dried grape. Uh, Raising raisin. That's right. Chris, multiplying by two the population of the Republic of Ireland's capital. Doubling Dublin. That's right. Elizabeth, dipping something into coffee with the king from Macbeth. (laughs) Dunking Duncan. That's right. Chris, connecting to the URL of the author of the Gettysburg Address. Linking Lincoln. Yes. Elizabeth, using an oven with Kira Sedgwick's husband, Kevin. Baking bacon. That's right. Chris, Roughly pulling along a mythical flying creature. Three seconds. Griffing Griffin? No. It's Dragging Dragon. Elizabeth. Strolling with the Christopher who said, More cowbell. (laughs) Walking, walking. That's right. (laughs) Now we're at the halfway point. Elizabeth is in the lead four to three. Chris. Separating hair with a comb with singer Dolly. Parting Parton. Yes. Elizabeth, losing a tan with the former governor of Alaska. Paling Palin. (laughs) You seem so excited. You are correct. Yes, Paling Palin. Chris, having an outstanding debt with Luke Wilson's brother. Owing Owen. That's right, Owing Owen. Elizabeth, grabbing a quarter of the year distinguished by its weather. Three seconds. That was seizing season. Chris. Busting a move with Mary Steenburgen's husband, Ted. Dancing, dancing? Yes, that's right. Dancing, dancing. Pulled it out. Elizabeth. Making a turkey sound with an evil elf-like creature. Goblin, goblin. Yes. Now we're on the last question for each of you. The score is tied. You each have one question left. Here we go. Chris, <laughs> raising your voice with the chair of the Federal Reserve. Y- yelling, yelling? Yes, yelling, yelling. <laughs> Elizabeth, 
<laughs> you must answer this question correctly or Chris wins. Staying out of view with composer Franz Joseph. Hiding Haydn. Hiding Haydn is right. We are tied. Here's your tiebreaker. Join a sorority with a native of the country that has Moscow as the capital. Elizabeth. Rushing Russian. Rushing Russian is correct. Congratulations. Congratulations, Elizabeth. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Ashlyn Hatch, Sean Kennedy, Glenn McDonald, and senior writers Karen Lurie and J. Keith Van Stratton. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk. Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Toya Singh, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and Nate Kinsella. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Hey you, listening from the Sunshine State, reciting the credits. Yes, you! You should be a contestant on Ask Me Another. We'll be at the Hard Rock Live Orlando on October 19th, so go to amatickets.org to take our contestant quiz. Next time on Ask Me Another, we grapple with failure. The sound of failure, that is. We challenge contestants to identify the game or game show based on the sound you hear when you lose. Then Jonathan Colton leads us in a music parody about people who make their living as talking heads, set to talking head songs. Join me, Ophira Eisberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. It's an election year, and a long one at that. So you're going to hear a lot of spin from the campaigns and their surrogates. Well, Here and Now Anytime is your source this election season for coverage that means something. Explore the issues, hear from voters, and find solutions on Here and Now Anytime, a podcast from NPR and WBUR. At the Planet Money Podcast, we talk to anyone who can help us understand the economy. Fortune tellers, tango dancers. Obscure government bureaucrats. Oh, the obscure ones are the best. Totally. And of course, we talk to the smartest economists to explain everything from inflation and disinflation to how manatees got addicted to fossil fuel. That is Planet Money from NPR.